We have had just a fantastic weekend so far. It's been a great month. And then Friday with Christmas in the courtyard, it was just packed. I saw so many little kids out there watching those movies, and it reminded me of, uh, I saw the parents trying to gather them together like herding cats. It was just a sight to behold. And the joy was none of them were mine. It was great. And then last night we had uh, Abby uh, has been working with uh, children throughout our community in ballet. And we had a ballet recital. We had a couple hundred people come in last night and enjoy that. And it was fantastic. Uh, I think one of my favorite parts were the little two and three year olds. And they were all up here in their little tutus and stuff. And it was really cool. And one of them could not dance because her shoe had become untied. And so everybody else was dancing and she was saying, but my shoe, my shoe. I love that. I love, I love real. So it, it was great. It's, and uh, this, then this Thursday there is a uh, Pine Castle is going to have a choir, or not a choir. But, well, I guess they're going to have a choir, but also the band and the, and the brass. So it's going to be fantastic. So Thursday night, 7 7 o'clock. And then next Sunday, next Sunday morning is our children's musical. You remember last year how fantastic that was? I would encourage you to, to be here next Sunday. It's going to be great. And then after the musical at 5 o'clock, we are having a, a, a family get-together here at the church. And, and we're going to start at 5 o'clock with a lip-sync battle. And there are some great prizes awaiting those that are brave and daring to do the lip sync challenge. I'm planning on winning. Yeah. And you say, you probably have it rigged. No, they told me I couldn't. Uh, so anyway, it's going to be a lot of fun. Then after that, we have a, a great potluck dinner, uh, Mexican uh, dinner. So it's going to be fantastic. So see Jeanette today. And, and sign up for that. It's going to be fantastic. So you don't want to miss that. A lot of things coming up, a lot of things going on. It's going to be fantastic. But right now, right now, I want to talk to you for a few moments about here's your sign. Now, I know that there is a, a uh, comedian out there that, that does those. Here's your sign. I'm not talking about that. I think his name's Bill Engvall, you know, because he, he gives you a sign like, like if you walk by, you ever walk by somebody that locked their keys out of their car and they're trying to get in? I did that not too long ago. I'd, I'd taken uh, the car up to the DMV to get it tagged and I'd locked my keys in it and I was trying to get them out. Guy walked up and said, you locked your keys in? I said, nope. I just like playing with the car. So, some of the, and I'm not talking about that kind of sign. I'm talking about a sign that you know that God cares. A sign that you know that God loves you, that God is involved in your life. How, how many of us have ever asked these questions that, oh, before I, get, before I go on, I'm really glad that everybody's here. I have good friends, Chris and Sylvia, all the way from California, and they're here. And if you say, well, wow, they were part of your church in California, say, yes, they are. And you say, well, I'll really get to know the pastor now. No, you won't, because I paid them lots of money. It's going to be great. So earn your keep there, brother. Uh, no, they're great people. And uh, 
So uh, make sure you welcome them after the service. So, well, but it, uh, I was just thinking about questions. We all, all of, these, all of us have these questions or, or times in our lives that we ask ourselves, does God really love me? Or does, does God really care? Or, or the big question, am I good enough? Have you ever felt that way? Are you good enough? Are you good enough to, to take that promotion? Are you good enough to fulfill that job? Or are you good enough or are you sufficient enough? I know a, as a pastor, a lot of times uh, somebody will come up to me and, and, and will talk about ministry and, and they'll say, oh, I don't know if I can. I, they said, I just can't do that. And I never really hear I can't. What I really hear is I'm not. I'm not good enough, I'm not sufficient enough, I'm not able enough. And, and just on a side note, if God has called you, if he has put a passion in your heart to do something, in whether it's serving his people or serving community, God never calls without equipping. And that equipping may be a little journey in your life, but if God has called you to it, you need to stand up and say, yes, I am ready, and take that amazing journey with Christ. That's free. You know, but most of the questions that we have in our lives, most of these questions that, 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 that speak to us on our inner being, not the external, but the internal, they're, they're developed in our lives through situations that have happened to us. I was speaking to somebody uh, not too many months ago, and, and as I was talking to them, they just broke down and started crying. And I have that effect on some people. Um, but I hadn't really said anything, so I knew it wasn't me. And as they started talking, they realized they had an epiphany, an understanding that some of the actions that they had carried on in their life stemmed from being bullied when they were young. See, I'm talking about the actions that we have in our life that causes the alcoholic to reach for a bottle instead of dealing with the inner turmoil. Or the parent that starts yelling at their child over something small, only later to feel guilty and apologize. But it's easier to blow up than it is to deal with the inner self. When Jesus said... Whoever the Son sets free is truly free. He wasn't just speaking to the external. He was speaking to the internal. See, the, the work of the Holy Spirit begins on the inside and is manifest on the outside. What God really wants us to do, what he wants us to understand as the children of God, is that that we can overcome the circumstances in our lives. We can overcome the, the internal struggles we have in our life, not on our own, but falling passionately in love with Christ and allowing Christ to transform us on the inside and make it manifest on the outside. If you want to deal with the issues that you have been carrying around in your life, you will not find them in any other source than Jesus Christ. And you say, well, it sounds easy. It's really not. Have you ever had a come to Jesus moment? 
where you look at yourself because we, we all play these games. See, these questions that, that we have in our lives, they come from being bullied or mocked or some kind of tragedy that's in our life or something that happened to us uh, when we were young. I, I, I know that uh, my brother and I, I've told you this before, but we came to an, a, an understanding on the phone a few years ago that, that we had both struggled with the fact that we didn't have a earthly father so we had a more difficult challenge on dealing with a heavenly father because we didn't have an example an earthly example and when we finally understood what it was to allow God to be our heavenly father amazing things changed in us whatever that that we have on the inside it's it's these questions that that focus on our self-identity our self-worth how we see ourselves not the facade that we put on but how we see ourselves can i ask you a question how do you really see you when I was a young man and the Lord was talking to my heart about serving him during the day I had a great facade I was impervious to anything Mr. Teflon everything was great everything was glorious but in the middle of the night when the Lord would wake me up at 2 in the morning and knock on the door of my heart. When deep called to deep, when I looked into the face of God, I saw myself in a light that was displeasing to God because I had not given my life to him I'm talking about those times in life when you see yourself for who you are Christ came to change us to challenge us see we avoid many of us avoid uh, questions and these questions about introspection and about working on those on those intimate things in our lives, those things that, that we have built in our lives that keep us from understanding the hurt and the pain and the sorrows of our, that are in us because they're just too hard to look at. And we, we work, we do the external, we work hard and we focus on, on the things outside and we play hard because we focus on the things that are outside because when everything is quiet and everybody is gone and it's just you and God, he calls us, challenges us, encourages us to take a deep look into the word of God and be transformed. I want you to know today that we can overcome these raw emotions, these feelings of inferiority, these feelings that, of guilt, these feelings of selflessness or self 
worth, these feelings that, that we're not good enough, that we're not adequate enough, they are stem from fear. Fear of not being good enough, fear of not being sufficient, fear of being seen in the wrong light. But I'm here to tell you as we sing the song, you can make a declaration today that I am no longer a slave to fear because you are a child of the living God. We don't have to deal with the inferiorities of life. We don't have to, to deal with the situations that are in us. We don't have to live with them, rather, but we can deal with them, and we can only deal with them through a relationship with Christ. In our passage of Scripture found in Luke chapter 2, I'd like to read that with you, if you don't mind. I'm so glad that you don't mind. I'm going to read it anyway because it's really good. Very common passage, Luke chapter 2, verse, verses 8 through 16. And there was, Scripture says, And there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. They were working. They were up. They were busy. They were working. Well, why would you keep the flock, watch your flock at night? Because that's when the wolves come in. So here, here's these shepherds, and they're, and they're keeping a their, their watch over their flock to make sure they don't lose anything. They were being good stewards of what God has given them. And it said, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were terrified. I looked up the word terrified because I wanted to sound really important in the Greek. And in the Greek it means it, he scared the bejeebies out of them. They, they were terrified. I don't know about you. I know that angels are ministering spirits and God sends them and... and and, and I believe he, he sends angels to help us. And, and, and I do believe that there are angels. Scripture says that we can even meet angels and not even know it. Uh, but if one sh appeared before us, I would be just like those shepherds. Wouldn't you? If you saw an angelic being and the glory of the Lord was around them. They were terrified. One moment they're out there watching their sheep, making sure there's no wolves coming in. The next moment, an angel with the glory of the Lord around him was right before them, and they were terrified. And here's what the angel said. The angel said to them, don't be afraid. Now who is he kidding? He said, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. He's saying, man, you don't have to be afraid. I know you're afraid. He acknowledged their fear. Do you realize that before you can actually get help, you have to acknowledge you have fear? 
And they, they, they said, I, I don't want you to be afraid because I'm bringing you good news that will cause great joy for all people for today, not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, not next year, not in the generation to come, but right here today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. You know what that lets me know? One, one is this, that, that sometimes, sometimes that there are circumstances that happen in our lives that, that challenge us to let go of the fear that's in our lives. Here's, here's this angel and he's standing before them. And you have to understand that these, these shepherds that were living out in the field, they were, they were children of Abraham. They were, they were the, the Jews. They were, they were the chosen people of God. They were the ones that were going to lead the world to God. They were the ones that had the promises of God, the Ten Commandments. They had Moses. They had the, the, the prophets. They had the kings. They had everybody behind them. They were God's chosen people. And in that time, they were living under the strong arm of Rome. And they had been put down and brutalized and put into slavery under Rome. And I just wonder, at, before the angel, before the angel appeared, I wonder how many of those shepherds sat around and talked about the promises of the Messiah. About the hope that a king was going to be born and set them free. Or were they focused on the cares of life? Did the fear of Roman domination flood their thoughts. I do know this. When the angel appeared and the glory of the Lord was around, their thoughts changed. Do you realize that some of the circumstances that we face in our lives, some of the times that God blesses us, sometimes of some of the circumstances that we think there's no hope, then God provides, they're there to challenge our thinking, to help us to understand, to get our mind off of the fears of this life and onto the faith in Christ? The angel appeared to them, and he said, today... In the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be your sign. I like that, don't you? And here's your sign. I, I love what he says. I love the fact that, that he, he tells them that today is born a Savior. Do you realize that today you can have deliverance. But today, you don't have to wait until tomorrow to be set free from your fear. You don't have to, to wait till tomorrow. But God is a God of today. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't have to leave this assembly without knowing him. If there's a circumstance in your life that is bringing terror to you and you wake up in the middle of the night worried about how you're going to live and how you're going to survive, there is hope for you. For today is the day of salvation. 
Not tomorrow, not next week, not next month. Why? It's like the four lepers that were, that were sitting out, out, out of the gate and they couldn't go into the city because they had leprosy and, they, and then they couldn't go out into the field because there was an army that had encompassed the city. And one of them said, why do we sit here until we die? Why don't we just go out and face the enemy? I'm speaking to somebody today that needs to understand that today can be your day. That today, it doesn't have to be tomorrow, but you have to make a resolution in your mind, in your heart, and your soul that you realize, why am I sitting here in torment when I can make my way to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? You don't have to live the way you're living. I'm going to try to get to my notes now. He said, you'll find him for unto you to this day in the city of David, in the town of David, in Bethlehem. He said, I'm going to tell you who's born. I'm going to tell you where he's at. I love that because God is always in the same place. We know where God is. God inhabits the praises of his people. If you ever want to find God, all you have to do is drop to your knees and worship him. And he's there. Because you don't have to go to the church, although I like going to the church. I like coming in here. I came in here one morning this week and Sam was in here praying. I've come in here and see Dennis praying. And, and I, you know, I just like hanging out at the church, praying. I don't know why. It just makes me feel good. But there's no difference praying here than there is at the house or in the car, except I can't close my eyes in the car. Unless I really want to meet the Lord quickly. If you're wanting the Lord, he's right there when you worship. And the amazing thing about worship, it always decreases our problems when we increase God. Have you ever noticed that? The bigger God is in your life, the smaller your problems are. So, today, and you know where God is. And, and then, here's what, he said, here's your sign. You're going to find him wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And, he, and then... Then they go on to, to say this, and he suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared to the, with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And after they heard this grand, glorious choir, the angels, uh, the shepherds said to one another, let's go. Notice they didn't say, that was one of the greatest choirs I've ever seen in my entire life. Let's go watch the sheep. Wow, that was fantastic. Gave me goosebumps. We better go tend the sheep. In simple language, and yet it speaks so profoundly, 
the shepherds, which were doing their job, which were tending their life style, everything that they owned was right there in that flock of sheep. They said, I'm leaving everything of this life to go see Christ. What's holding you back? I know I'm meddling, but it's a spiritual gift and I enjoy it. What is holding us back? Is it the fear that he won't provide? Is it the fear that we're insufficient? What is it? Is there some kind of trauma that's happened in your life in the past that keeps us bound to the life that we think that we have to have? Or can we finally say, the circumstances that I'm experiencing today have helped me understand that right now, today, the Messiah lives and I know where he's at and I am not going to, to keep what I have. I am going to follow after him. See, you can't... As, as many have been called in the scripture, when Jesus called them, they left where they were and followed him. Your fear can keep you chained to your existence that you have today. But if you want to be set free and no longer a slave to those fears of this life, to the anxiety, to the worry, to the torment, to the pain that you have suffered in this life. Somewhere in there you have to say, I'm setting aside my flock of sheep and what I've niched out for myself in this life because there is nothing that's more important than seeing the Messiah I love when he said, this is your sign. This is your sign. You're going to find him in swaddling clothes. I love that, swaddling, swaddling clothes. All it was was just strips of cloth. And they bound up, you know, because when, when newborns, you know, when they're, they, they bind them really tight so they'll feel comfort. And what he was saying was, you're going to find a little newborn baby that's being comforted by his mother. You're going to find this king, this Messiah, not in robes of purple and grand and splendor, but he's going to be dressed just like you were. See, Christ could have come in any way, in any shape, any fashion. And yet, Scripture tells us, in Isaiah, he said, to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? And he gives us this imagery of Christ, that, that, that God rolls up his sleeve and puts his hand in the earth. Have you ever considered how amazing it is that the creator of the heavens and the earth 
the one that measured the oceans in the palm of his hand, that flung the stars into space and calls them by name, that holds it all together, would make himself the creator of all things, would become part of his creation. That he was robed as we are. I don't know about you, but when I consider the virgin birth, and I consider Christ, Colossians 1 says he's the image of the invisible God. And you say, who was Jesus? He is the God that we serve. And he's the only part of God that we're ever going to see. He's the creator. He is all things. And yet, for God so loved the world that he gave. He became one of us. It's a mystery that boggles the mind. That, that transforms our, our thoughts and our understanding. That God would love us so much that he would become part of us. That we could share eternity with him. And do you think a God that loves his creation that much is willing to give up on you? I would say to you the same thing that Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. He said, I can be confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in me shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. If God has started a good work in you, he is not going to give up on you. He is not going to quit on you. He is not going to turn his back on you. You say, well, I've turned my back on him. It doesn't matter. If you'll drop to your knees and begin to worship, you'll find him again. Because God never quits working on you. You're going to find him in swaddling clothes. I'm going to ask our praise team to come. Would you stand with me, please? You're going to find him in swaddling clothes. And get this. I, I love this. They're taught the angel in all God's glory is around him. And, 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 and then there's a, the heavenly host and this great grand choir. And you know the presence of God was so strong. It was just like electrifying. And, and, and they're all, all there. And, and he said, you're gonna, here's your sign that you're going to see this great king, this great glorious king, the one that's going to set the world free, the one that's going to rule and reign throughout eternity. This king that will never relinquish the throne. This king that has been born to you. Here's your sign. You're going to see him clothed as you are and laid in a feeding trough. And it lets me know that what that angel was proclaiming is that this creator, this redeemer, this savior, this king is not like the kings of this earth where you can't contact them, you can't get in touch with them, that they're up here and you're down here. This king is approachable. This king serves with humility. This king 
understands our needs. This king understands that we have fear in this life. And this king has come not only to set us free from sin, but to set us free from the fears of this life that we can stand and sing, I am no longer a slave to fear because I am a child of the living God.